Hello, happy Monday and welcome to your soulful goddess, beautiful souls. Your soulful goddess is the place where open hearts and open minds can come together to talk about and discover new ways in which to heal, grow, and fully step into their true potential and power. And as always, my name is Safa. I am your host. I am an intuitive life coach, and I've got the delightful pleasure of bringing a phenomenal guest onto the show today who is going to talk to us all about astral travel, something that I love talking about, and his name is Mike Yamelli. Now, Mike is a writer, a life purpose expert, and brand strategist. With his proprietary sacred branding system, he's helped hundreds of people to connect the dots between their lived experiences to find their common threads that explain their subconscious motivation, unique genius, and life purpose. People use this work for all kinds of things, from branding and building a business, to exploring identity and sexuality, to finding their artistic voice, to even rediscovering themselves after a life-altering event like divorce or retirement. Mike's also the author of Enough Already, Create Success on Your Own Terms. He's shared his provocative and vulnerable take on life in dozens of magazines, podcasts, and online publications, including a personal interview with NPR about his viral story on rethinking sexuality in his first same-sex relationship. Prior to sacred branding, at only 22 years old, Mike co-founded Torch Communications, a boutique public relations firm specializing in healthcare and disruptive technology. He currently lives in Somerville, Minnesota with his husband and two adorable dogs. Mike is an incredibly passionate person and a true delight to talk to. And I'm grateful to say that he stuck around to share a little bit of extra goodness with us for the Patreon supporters. So those of you who are already on Patreon, get excited. If you're not, you can always join and support the show and get access to all of these wonderful behind the scenes and extra minisodes by going on to patreon.com forward slash your soulful goddess. And this is a really good one. So you definitely want to go check it out. Now, without further ado, here is Mike. All right. Hello, Mike, and welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm not too bad. How about you? I'm doing really, really well today, actually. <laughs> I've got a lot of energy, which is either really good for the show or it means that I'm going to be slightly rambly. So <laughs> you get Well, I think either way, we're going to get a lot of brilliance out. Oh, I 100% agree <laughs> with you. So yes, thank you for joining me. I'm super excited about our topic. And I really would love for you to share with the audience a little bit more about yourself and the work that you do first. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I really am interested in normalizing a lot of spirituality or realizing that what we talk about is these like other concepts are actually things that are just part of life. You know, there's not really these dichotomies between everyday life and spiritual life. And although we can create rituals and really change our consciousness to think about things, um, I'm really interested in just kind of normalizing that and making it democratic. And it's not something for certain people or a certain amount of money. It's something that everybody actually has access to. So what I do every day is I actually help people to map their lived experiences to understand their purpose. 
So going through their lived experiences and realizing, oh my gosh, like the same sensitivities are coming up. This isn't, you know, my purpose only when I'm with my partner, only when I have the dream job. Like I always have sensitivities. I always have a purpose. And my purpose is that I see the world through a very different way than everyone else. Mm -hmm. So if I'm sensitive to freedom, I'm going to feel trapped way easier than you are, even since childhood. And I'm going to always look for opportunities to free myself and to free others. Mm -hmm. If I'm sensitive to connection, I'm going to feel really sensitive to disconnection and feel isolated way easier than other people and always be striving for connection. And when we understand that, we have a stronger sense of our energetic gifts, of our quote unquote brand, of the energy medicine we share and of what we most want to feel. And that can go far and wide, including apparently today, astral travel. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. So much to sink our teeth into there. But first, I really want to honor the work that you do just because I do think a lot of times in the spiritual sense, right, we can tend to feel very much isolated or othered. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I just would love it if everyone could wake up in the morning and feel that sense of real deep connection to the truth of who we are and acknowledge, wow, you know what? I don't need to be quote unquote special to do these things. They're at my fingertips because they're already within me. So that's one thing that you said that I really, really vibrated with or really resonated with. I use that word a lot because I feel everything in the universe makes moves in terms of light vibration and energy. So yeah. I always use those words, but so I love that so much. And then also too, that idea of it being a, um, a part of you that just really flows into or attracts and also even repels something, you know, kind of like you were saying, if freedom is something that is very much ingrained into your very spirit, then that is something that is going to show up in your day to day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think so often we talk about purpose or spirituality as something outside of us, like we said, mm -hmm. that we have to achieve. So we'll say things like, oh, my purpose is to be a coach. My purpose is to be a healer. My purpose is to write a book. My purpose is to get married. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. But here's the thing. If you can achieve it, that means you can also fail it. And that doesn't make any sense. How could you fail your purpose? And furthermore, if you can achieve it, it implies you didn't have it at a certain point. Mm -hmm. So did you just not have a purpose as a baby? That doesn't make sense either. And so really sinking into that we experience life through our senses. You know, we see, taste, touch, smell, hear life. Mm -hmm. And each of us is born with unique sensitivities. And what we're sensitive to is going to be what we notice in the world. We're going to hold more trauma around those things. We're going to be more genius and have expertise around those things. We're going to have more energy medicine there. And so when we kind of get that, we realize who we uniquely are and why we feel good in some situations, but not others. Why this is easy for us, but this isn't. And really all we're doing is understanding what we're uniquely sensitive to. And that's how I begin to describe purpose. Beautiful. And it's just holding space for yourself in a very unique way. Wow. Also, and it's making me slightly laugh internally is because I don't know if you saw the movie Soul, the Disney movie Soul. Mm -hmm. I did, oh, yeah. that's exactly what this is. Like it's just mm. taking to that core of, listen, I think sometimes we feel as though the things that we are passionate about or the things that we feel very much a calling to or into are our purpose but it just goes so much deeper than that and yeah. even the understanding of the word itself yeah you know i'm a huge believer that words you know when you say it you spell it you know you make mm -hmm. it into you bring it into reality you 
created yourself a little spell there. So it's how we use it and the essence that we put behind it, I think sometimes can feel very, very much confining, you know, yeah. in terms of kind of like you were, you were saying, oh, but is it your purpose? And then if you didn't achieve it, what does that mean? Are you purposeless? And mm -hmm. then what if you don't know what you want to do with your life? And it just kind of goes into all these things that are, as you said, external. Yeah. Well, how many people listening today have purpose, trauma, and shame? I know I do. Mm -hmm. I know I went through my journey thinking, oh my gosh, I'm all over the place. I am a mess. I will never know my purpose. And going through every purpose book and purpose training and just feeling so frustrated because it usually ended for me one of two ways. It was either super general, like I would go through this hour-long webinar. They would promise me I would know my purpose and it would end with your purpose is to love. Yeah. Like, That's yeah. awesome. And totally, I'm all about love. But how does that help me heal from my trauma right. or understand my relationship or know what to do in my marketing that doesn't answer anything for me? Mm -hmm. Or it would go the other way. It would be super specific and it would only be about passions. And it would yeah. say, well, your purpose, you, you're passionate about writing. Your purpose is to be a writer. And that's also beautiful. But how does that help me with my trauma or my relationships or, you know, everything else in life that I'm not doing when I'm not working? You know, our purpose isn't only about work. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this really opened doors to understand, well, what is purpose? And if purpose means why, like when I want to know the purpose, I want to know the reason for something or the why that needs to apply to my trauma. Why was that so painful? That needs to apply to why did this work out, but that didn't. Why, do, when I have coffee with a best friend, do hours fly by and genius spills out of me? Mm -hmm. And then why do I have those other conversations that feel awkward and uncomfortable? I'm like, wait, am I saying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? I'm being all technical. <laughs> that should answer those questions. And if we experience all of our life through our sensitivities, every person has unique sensitivities. And I can promise you from almost a decade of doing this work that you will see those sensitivities in every moment of your life. The same story is being told over and over again in light and shadow. So not saying it's all going to be positive, but that continuum over and over again. And when we can map your lived experiences, it just becomes clear. Mm -hmm. I really like that. And I know we've got a really big topic ahead of us, <laughs> but before we jump straight in there, I would love to explore this idea of sensitivities a little bit further with you because sure. me personally, like the way that I've experienced my life and the process that I use for my clients and for my students and everything mm -hmm. has a lot to do with story, you know, just yeah. understanding the why and becoming what I call the gentle observer, which is a topic that actually has come up a lot this season in mm -hmm. the podcast. So I'm assuming there's a reason for it. So it's just the idea of really getting curious about, like you were saying, the whys, the questions of where is the story really stemming from? What is it yeah. teaching me and how am I perceiving the world around me? So is that more or less what you're talking about when you talk about sensitivities? And if not, can you further it a little bit more? Yeah, I think it is. You know, when I talk about sensitivities, what I'm really saying is, you know, at our core, what are we most kind of what's the overarching feeling or these core feelings. And a lot of times people will do desire work or they'll do value work and they'll tell me, oh, well, Mike, I want to feel this or, uh, you know, um, my core values are like courage and mm -hmm. humility. And I'm like, that's great, but whose aren't? I mean, the truth is that these things are heavily conditioned, but does our lived experience prove it? And, you know, of course, I care about humility, I care about courage, but I care about those things because they lead me to alignment with myself. 
Mm-hmm. Now, for somebody else, it might lead them to, you know, connection with others. It might lead them to um, feeling whole or worthy. There's an underlying core sensitivity that we are always feeling, always striving to feel. Mm-hmm. And in the moments when we've had our deepest trauma, we feel the opposite of those things. Yeah. So what we're really doing is kind of going through your lived experiences. And of course, you know, if we're doing a sacred branding session, you can't be, you know, consciously involved because you're going to try to control the process. Mm -hmm. So basically it's playing a bunch of games and asking questions that make no sense. And what we're really doing is going through emotionally charged moments of your life and beginning to unpack it. And then we might end up with a hundred words because, you know, we might have a hundred words to describe ourselves. And what we'll then do is actually pack those sensitivities into what are the overarching ones. And so Mm -hmm. we begin to understand that, oh my God, when I feel aligned, I feel these 20 things like that automatically happens for me because that's the overarching thing that I want to feel. So what we're really doing is just creating, you know, I I personally love personality tests. However, they always feel limiting for me because they're not in my own language. They're not Mm -hmm. how I relate to language. And what I'm interested in is understanding how people relate to words. You know, sometimes people will use a word in a way different way than I ever would. And that's fantastic Mm -hmm. because this is your lived experiences, your sensitivities in your own language. And when we have that, I don't care. I tell people, if your words are Sally, Bob, and Jim, awesome. I don't care. (laughs) These are mantras or portals. If they can bring you to everything you are, to the epitome of your being, that's all that matters. It's about your empowerment. And so that really, these words are just helping people to know exactly who they are, why they've been successful and fulfilled in some moments, why not in others, and then how to consciously build a life around those sensitivities. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I resonate with everything that you said. And it's funny because I'm the same. Like I really like personality tests and quizzes and stuff. And in fact, that's why I'm constantly creating these things as well Mm -hmm. to give to my clients to have Mm -hmm. fun. But I always say, listen, I'm giving these tools to you as a tool to get very curious about you and what makes you tick and what doesn't feel right. And how can you step into this? And what if you get curious about, oh, what about that description? That sounds more like me. And also, like you said, there's both sides of the coin always. There's always duality. So Mm -hmm. if that thing is, for example, if honor is one of your biggest things, then is it giving you life and is it empowering you or is it making you feel shamed and guilty and shackling you you know there's so much same with freedom you know sometimes we use freedom as an escape form but sometimes Mm -hmm. an empowering so it's so so unique and the other thing that i love about everything that you said which is something that i wholeheartedly agree with is that every single person can only come at this world from their own from their own perspective, their own understanding, their own stories, their own sensitivities. That's it. And I just love that so much. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I love that you just brought up this idea of freedom being a way to kind of um, escape versus Mm -hmm. a way to become more of ourselves. And I think it's such a beautiful segue into today's topic because talking about astral projection Mm -hmm. sounds like this really far out esoteric topic, right? But it's actually something that we do on a daily basis, just not consciously. And so when we're talking about astral projection, what we're really asking ourselves is to consciously do something that is innate to every single human. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, perfect. Thank you. I'm so glad we were able to pick it up there. And let's take it maybe a bit further and address 
some of the things that we may have been perceiving about astral projection that have kept us from developing it into growth. Like for example, as far as I've understood it within the spiritual community, this has always seemed a concept that is very much, how do I describe this? Uh, For the upper elite of the spiritual Mm -hmm. community, you know what I mean? It just feels very ostracizing in that sense because it's like, oh yeah, sure. If you can astral project, then you are, you know, like on the higher spiritual plane. And that's never sat well with me. Well, we are breaking down all those barriers today and we are democratizing all of spirituality yeah. because every human has access to it. So at, as, what astral projection really is, is just projecting part of our consciousness, our astral self um, onto the astral plane independent of our body. So really it's a form of disassociation. We are mm-hmm. disassociating from our body. And you know we use disassociation in a pathological sense, and it very well can be, um, but it doesn't have to be. You know we disassociate all the time. So I may be later on today going downstairs to do laundry and still thinking about this conversation. And I get downstairs, I'm like, how the heck did I get down here? My consciousness was in one place, my body was moving another. Now this is a coping mechanism in trauma, right? Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of people who've had trauma, especially sexual trauma in their lives. And we will see often that people have disassociated from the moment. People may have, you know, actually physically being able to see their body and having an Mm -hmm. out of body experience where they're witnessing their body and being separate from it in that moment. That is not an uncommon thing to happen during trauma. We know that there's trauma of shock, right? During a car accident where people can have superhuman strength from the adrenaline. There's all these types of things that are going on. You know, we may even have subtle traumas that we don't even realize. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking to a lot of spiritual people. I know for myself, I can pop out of my body so easily without even knowing it. Mm -hmm. And I won't even be aware that I'm not actually physically fully integrated into my body. And so if we're going to talk about how to consciously, you know, move away from our body or send our consciousness to other places, which we can absolutely do today, we need to first talk about making sure that we can actually come into our body and be physically there. Because basically, if we're not safe to always come back, we're Mm -hmm. not going to allow ourselves to go to far places. And so one thing I always recommend if we're going to have a conversation about um, astral projection is just notice when you are already disassociating. You know, maybe when I'm talking to my mother-in-law, let's hope she's not listening, um, (laughs) I might get a little uncomfortable. And what if I, you know, project out? So one thing I love to do is feel my feet. And I will just feel my feet. Right now I'm doing it. And when I feel my feet, I just notice, do I feel hot or cold? Do I feel tense or stressed? You know, do they feel heavy or light? Just notice those things about your feet. Mm. When we're using our senses, remember coming back to sensitivities, when we're using our senses, we can feel, and you can, everybody listening, feel yourself sinking down into your body. Mm. You can feel yourself being fully present. You know, when it comes to projection or it comes to disassociation, we talk about it like it's all or nothing thing. And that's not true. We can be very different gradients of in our body or projecting out of our body. And so if we really, really want to completely separate and be able to have an out-of-body experience and actually see our own body from outside, then we need to be able to fully, fully integrate before we can do that. Mm -hmm. And so if people listening are really feeling called to do some astral projection work, really start noticing your feet throughout the day. Start noticing your feet and your thumbs at the same time. Really notice your body because the one main point of our consciousness in incarnation is to keep our body safe. Mm -hmm. And if our body is unsafe 
then we're not going to be able to project really far away, right? We can't, like, you know, a lot of people who will do astral projection will do it during meditation or during yeah. dreaming when they're in a safe place. If we are in an unsafe home, it's going to be very difficult to do that. Mm -hmm. So making sure that we feel safe and that we know we can always return to our body. And I, there's so much more I'm going to say, but before I do, I'm going to take a pause because I just said a lot <laughs> and check in if there are any questions on all that. Um, I, I love all of this so much. I get a really deep sense of relief just in my overall body as you say this. Yes. Because I, how do I, hmm. so I personally have always really enjoyed dropping into Crescent. And as a matter mm -hmm. of fact, that's a tool that I use with my clients constantly. I'm always like, well, notice your actual thirst notice your body notice your breath if you want to meditate meditate in presence now like without feeling like you yes. have to sit cross-legged cross your cross your eyes close your eyes and then maybe chance you know like be here embody this moment and that's your meditation and what you just said opened that gateway up for me in terms of understanding further about astral projection because i've always been curious about it and i've now I can look back, especially hearing you talk about trauma, and I want to go a little bit deeper into that if it's okay with you. But of course, it, looking back, I'm like, oh, wow, I've actually done this. Like, I've had mm -hmm. these experiences, and oof, it's crazy. And so, but you're right, you've got to, it's that whole breath, it's that holistic embracing of the self. You yes. can draw yourself in and hold yourself in peace and in safety, and then expand and explore yes. and get super playful. It's like you were saying a little bit earlier about playing games. It's all playing yeah. a game. Absolutely. And this is a game that it's our birthright. We all have access to this. And so when we know that we can come back to the body and be fully present, we're not as afraid of leaving. It's kind of like, you know, if I um, don't have a secure home, I don't know where I'm going to live next week, and mm -hmm. I'm really afraid of it, I'm probably not going to um, be taking huge risks in my life or be traveling all over because I'm kind of like, I just want something that feels stable in my life so that then I can take risks. Mm -hmm. And so we want to know that we have that stability in our body, that we can, we have the ability to fully come into the body when we choose, because that's going to open us up to go far places. And then we're going to come back. And by the way, that's the point. The body is always in the present moment. And we know that, right? We know that if I'm stressed about something in the future, my body is treating it like it's a present moment threat. And so we want to use that as an integration point. The only reason I'm out there astral projecting is to get information and then come back into my body and integrate it so that I, as a consciousness, grow and evolve and expand. And I'm using the tools of my body to do so. And I want to also presence for people that, again, we kind of all or nothingness. And so it's not yeah. just like I'm projecting out, you know, or I'm not, we partially project all the time. Have you ever been having a conversation with someone and eavesdropping in a really good breakup going over there and you were just <laughs> sending your hearing that way while you were staying here? We yeah, have totally. the ability to do that, right? We have the ability to send parts of our consciousness anywhere we want. And mm -hmm. when we get really sophisticated with projection, which is really just being focused or conscious about um, where we're sending things, we have empowerment. We have control over, do I want to send my sight over there? Do I want to send my hearing? Do I want to see my physical body when I'm out of my body? Because these senses are things I can project out or see or come back in and integrate. Mm -hmm. And if we think about that scale, that kind of continuum of projecting out to explore and get information 
and then coming back in to integrate, it becomes really easy because now we see this as a fluid dance. It's no longer, you know, I've got to like, you know, be at the highest level of some, you know, magical mm -hmm, order mm -hmm. to be able to uh, astral project. It's now saying, okay, I could practice this today. I could sit in my room and listen to one corner of the room and just say, can I send my consciousness to that one corner? What do I hear over there? And now bring it back into my body. What do I feel with it? Just that one simple exercise. And I know um, in the bonus, we're going to talk a little bit more for Patreon about some of this and actually do some meditations with yeah, it. For sure. But for this, you can do that at home, right? You can sit there and say, can I send some of that consciousness? And that's already the beginning of astral projection, even though it sounds super simple. And I promise you, we're going to go a lot deeper in this conversation, but that's the basis of what we're talking about. Wow. And how curious, Mike, because I'm listening to you and this feels in so many ways like the actions of a warrior slash warrioress. You know, this is yeah. the presence of the warrior because you're taking in everything at the same time. There's always that moment of whole, holistic, all-encompassing awareness. And I think that that's what feels the most empowering to me about that. It's not yeah. so much that, oh, I would, I mean, this sounds fun, right? So sure. would I love to like leave my body and go strolling around Paris? Sure, that would be super fun. But at the end of the day, like having that sense of whole presence and really being in everything, right? And having that all-encompassing awareness. And it, it just, that sounds to me way more empowering than I can think of. In, in, in any other way. And also just to touch back on this real quick before we move on to other things, because I'm loving this, is the, I have never heard of a person relate um, astral travel or astral projection to trauma yeah. and having experienced a considerable amount of trauma in different ways in my life, I look back now and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, there's a huge connection here. So I would love for you to touch on that a little bit and also maybe let's explore how we can even use that as a good uh, healing tool. Because yes. you're right, we do think of dissociation as the thing we do as a defense mechanism to take us away from that horrible thing or that traumatic event or whatever. And a lot of times we color that through our egos in the bad category. Yes. but it is really so much more than that. So if we could go explore that a bit, I would really, really oh, love that. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for directing me here. So, you know, when, so trauma is a highly activating force. It's activating in our body. It, it activates us in many ways. And when we experience trauma, remember that for the body to be an integration point, it needs to be a safe place to integrate. If in a moment of our lives, our body isn't safe, or we perceive it as not safe for whatever reason, if being in the physical realm does not feel safe for some reason, we, because we have this gift of projection, will pop out. Mm -hmm. We will maybe go a few feet away. We'll maybe go to another dimension. We'll maybe go to a daydream. We'll pop out in some way. And that is a gift we all have. But remember, we're only doing that gift to come back and integrate. If our body isn't safe, then we become to experience that as the um, kind of first line of defense or, you know, a way that we can pop out quickly, but it's very difficult for us to come back in. Mm -hmm. And many times coming back in will actually be painful because we may have to reckon with a lot of the feelings that we had, you know, temporarily left. And so we may see things like 
um, addiction or substance abuse come up with some of these things, things that will help us to continue to disassociate. I mean, by the way, there are endless tools to disassociate and the same tools that can be used to disassociate often can be used to integrate. So we're really not shaming anything here. You yeah. can disassociate through video games, through TV, through sex, through, you know, um, going for a uh, walk and listening to music and not thinking. I mean, there are endless ways. And those same tools like sex or going for a walk or even watching TV can be tools for integration as well. And so it really depends on how conscious we are of this and how we are actively kind of choosing to do this or if we're doing it unconsciously and not really controlling the process. And mm -hmm. so you know, for many of these things, you know, many people who have trauma are very good at disassociating because this is a skill set that they've learned and it's a beautiful skill set. But the reason I started us talking kind of ironically about or counterintuitively, at least about disassociation with coming into the body is because many people are actually better at astral travel than they even know. Mm -hmm. What they struggle with is consciously doing it. And to consciously do it, you have to consciously be able to come back into the body at will. And so that's really for many people, especially people who have trauma, and many of us have had trauma in our lives, that's really the initial challenge is, is our body a safe place? Can we create safety? Are we in a safe environment to even come back into our body so that then we can go to really far places away? And so, you know, this, the work to create that safety can go far and wide, whether we're using, you know, therapy, somatic therapy, you know, working with coaches, journaling. I mean, of course, you name it, there are endless ways for us to begin to do some of this work. But um, that's really a first step for us to, and it doesn't, we don't have to be perfect. I mean, I still have trauma. We all still have trauma. So we don't have to be perfect. We just have to feel that it's safe to be in our body at a moment so that we can then go even further. And it's a scale, right? The safer we feel, the further we can go. So today, I'm not saying you can't astral travel right today. Of course you can, but some part of you needs to also be able to come back to the body to let your consciousness know that it's safe to go other places. Mm -hmm. hmm. Wow. Yeah, there's so much to that. I'm just letting it process because it's so distinct from what we've been taught, I think. And at the same time, look, the more I talk to people and the more I explore, even within my own healing and working with clients, the more I realize that the tools at our disposal for healing and for expansion are never ending. And they're never ending. And then they relate to each other. And then they seem distinct from one another. And then they loop back around and will surprise you because all of this work is awareness but it is also somatic but it is also very much psychological but it is also very physical but you know what i mean like it just kind of it loops back into yeah. all of the things and just gives us one more resource one more way of embodying ourselves in truth and leaning into the fact that sure life can have contrast and bring about very deep sense of pain or loss or trauma but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean those things define us or should yes. take over well there's so many things in what you just said and you're, you're really sparking a lot for me because you know i think all like we are whole beings of course and we are very complex and simple at the same time and so we have this multi-layered kind of approach to life but i think one thing i really want to address is also something you asked about earlier which is 
you know, can these tools of, you know, disassociation actually help us to integrate? And the answer is yes, right? We have seen from sacred herbs like ayahuasca being mm -hmm. a form of integration for people to sex being a form of integration to people where we, I may go have sex with my husband, not think about the thing that I'm stressed out about, and then later on gain clarity about that very thing. Mm -hmm. And how is this happening? Well, it's happening because these, this disassociation can A, give me new information and B, create safety for my body. So for example, if I am at home and I'm meditating and doing some astral projection, I may be going out, getting new information from another realm while my body is breathing and calm, calming down. And then when I bring it back in, I can now take action on that. Mm -hmm. So dis I want to be clear that disassociation is a form of activation. There can certainly be pathological, unconscious disassociation. And if we're not coming back to reality, we're not coming back to our bodies, there's a reason for that. And we may not be ready to face that reality. And certainly, I want to be clear that you know things like ayahuasca have been known to create psychotic breaks. So we want to make sure that we have that level of safety and the level of support beforehand. But um, for everybody who's ever disassociated, I know many of us have, I mean, we do it daily. Um, that can be a form of, um, integration. You know, sometimes I get off a client call and I am so drained. I'm like, I need to zone out and oh. watch TV and consciously zone out. I'm doing this on purpose. And then I finish watching that TV and suddenly I gain all this new clarity. Mm -hmm. And so there's a moment that I'm consciously choosing to disassociate because I need to take a break from all the overwhelm I feel in my body give my body a chance to feel safer and recharge, and then come back in with new awareness. And so I want to address that because I think a lot of times we shame and vilify disassociation. Yeah. We shame and vilify all of our shadows. And the truth is, you know, I think it's our job as humans to really exonerate those mm -hmm. and to release the conditioning that's stopping us from using our full tool set as humans. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I like almost jumped out of my seat at that. Cause I'm so in, yeah, I agree. I'm so in alignment with that. And that's one of my biggest points of awareness, I would say, and that I would love to share more of day in and day out. And I do, it's the fact that look, just because the shadow is there does not mean that you have to be shamed by it or mm -hmm. made to feel less than, or that you need to run away from it. And very much so we can use that space of shadow in a way of really, really ex expanding and empowering ourselves in as much as, look, just because it is painful and just because it is uncomfortable and just because it is bringing up a lot of unconscious stuff to the forefront doesn't mean it is bad. There are days where I literally wake up in a mood, you know, mm -hmm. and I let myself, I've learned to allow, like I will let myself stay in that space as long as it needs to, to shift. And that's a powerful tool that I think also comes down to this. It's yes, sometimes tuning out allows us to tune back in. It's kind of like you were saying, oh, you've got a client call, you finish, you're drained. And now you're going to watch some TV because I do the same thing. Like some days I finish client calls and I'm exhausted to the point where all I can manage to do is watch like reality TV for a little bit and then maybe take a bath and do my energetic work and center, you know, my ground down and put my energy bubble back up. Sometimes it really does take a lot and you have all of these tools in your arsenal to help you. But that doesn't mean that the act 
of either remaining, let's say, in a presence of emotion or really tuning out for a little bit is bad if it's being used for your highest good. Now, where we also have to, I think, be consciously aware of things here is that we don't accidentally use these things as spiritual bypassing. And I say that both ways, because one of the things that one of the things that I see a lot in the spiritual community is this whole concept of, oh, no bad vibes, no negative mm-hmm, vibes. Not, mm-hmm. nah, nah. And then, that, but it like doesn't or the prevalent concept of it happens for a reason, which, by the way, for the record, and let me be very clear on this. I say that a lot because I do know that I have an understanding of the fact that universe is always working for my highest good, whether I like it or not. However saying it to someone in the middle of a really intense moment of whether it's trauma, loss, grief, whatever, is spiritual bypassing and putting yourself in a situation where you constantly run away from something or where you keep saying, oh, only positive and blah, blah, then that's also spiritual bypassing. And it can do more harm than good than it would be more harmful, in my opinion, than it would be to just sit with the shadow, do the work and either lean into it tune into it, maybe disassociate from it, you know, in a healthy way, et cetera. Yeah. I am so glad you brought up spiritual bypassing because spiritual bypassing is disassociation, right? We are disassociating from the present moment. We don't want to face it. We're kind of like, let me just skip over this thing and, you know, pop back in when I don't have to deal with this. (laughs) And that is a form of disassociation, of course. And so we, it's not just that we're disassociating from our body. Remember our body is that conduit to the present moment we're disassociating from the present moment. We don't want to feel these kind of uncomfortable feelings of this reality of this, you know, situation that's before us that may be really uncomfortable. And so we use rationalization, rationalization, intellectualization. These are all forms of disassociation that we can use. We can say we, we create a belief system that lets us skip right over it rather than feeling the feelings. Remember, we talk about disassoci- disassociation, we're talking about popping out of the body. So we don't want to feel something. Something feels uncomfortable. There's some kind of cognitive dissonance or something just feels really uncomfortable being in this reality or sitting with my guilt or shame or whatever. And so I want to pop out of it. And when we talk about releasing the shame, we're talking about working through the shame, reuniting ourselves and deconditioning from what told us that we need to be ashamed. We're not talking about saying, you know, no bad vibes. I don't want to feel that. So I'm just not going to feel it because Feeling through it is how we get to the point of reconciliation, but skipping over it is when we're actually just disassociating. And if we're doing that there, we're probably doing it a lot of places in our life, and we may not actually be fully coming back into the body in the present moment. You know, again, disassociation is a tool to go out and get information or, you know, help us integrate. But ultimately the integration point is the body. That's our home in this incarnation. That's our home. And we want to always be coming back. And there are times, um, I'm going to tell you a story because this might really resonate. Um, years ago, I was very, very sick, very sick. I had horrible digestive issues. I was vomiting blood daily, oh, kind of the start of my spiritual path. And one day I was at work and I had an accident. I shit my pants at work. And it was the most embarrassing moment of my life. It was devastating. And worse than that, I ran to the bathroom. I did not make it, but I didn't have my phone on me. And so I was sitting there without a phone. With, and, I, and I remember I sat there. I cried. I was shaking. I looked in the mirror. And I just wanted to make this go away. I just wanted mm-hmm. to kind of think past the skip over it, bypass it. And I looked in the mirror. And I said, this happened. 
the sooner that you recognize and accept this happened, the sooner you have empowerment to do something about it. But this happened. And from this point of feeling it and feeling the shame and feeling the embarrassment, you now have power to do something with this. And so I cleaned myself off. I sprinted out, grabbed my phone, sprinted back in. And I made, I sent off some texts to the office manager to put out our office sign. I got someone to buy me some pants and pack up my clothes. And I called a cab and I was able to sneak out the back door. And I think about that moment a lot in these times of wanting to spiritually bypass or wanting to kind of jump over moments because this is a reality. This is in front of me. This is happening. Even if I wasn't aware of it before this moment, or I wasn't, um, I don't like it. I'm not comfortable. It doesn't match with my spiritual beliefs. I can't deny what I see in front of me. This is happening. And if I'm uncomfortable with it, that doesn't make it not happen. That just means I'm uncomfortable with it. And so I can disassociate for moments. And I always tell people, you know, if the, you, the, the, the world is so overwhelming to you, the news is overwhelming, you can disassociate for moments mm -hmm. and take a break. But then plug back into the world that we're living in because we are living in a world with current realities. And so disassociation is a tool that we absolutely want to use, but temporarily. We're coming back into reality. We're coming back into the present moment. We're coming back into our bodies so that we can actually do something about it and change it and reconcile and grow spiritually. If we never do that, then there was no point of incarnation. Mm -hmm. And I know it, you know, in some ways that feels a little bit harsh for us, but, um, you know, it's, it's this beautiful gift of life that we get to be here for one another, for ourselves in this embodiment, in this moment. And um, so take your breaks, absolutely disassociate, bypass for a moment, but knowing you're coming back, just like when we're going to talk more about astral projection today, go astral project as much as you want, knowing that you're coming back. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to come back, that's where we're beginning to talk about more pathological forms of disassociation, um, or, you know, completely wanting to leave a moment, even suicidal ideation we're talking about there. So mm -hmm. we're doing all this to come back into reality in the present moment and grow our consciousness. Wow. Ish, there's so much to sink my teeth into there. Uh, but also, first, I'll organize my thoughts. Sometimes this happens. Uh, first <laughs> things first, it's, I had this beautiful imagery as you were talking about using all of these tools, including healthy, I, I would call it more balanced disassociation. Do you mm -hmm. think that that's fair? Sure. Yeah. I, I often say conscious disassociation, just oh, I'm perfect. consciously doing it. Yeah. Okay. So I would say even using conscious disassociation as a boat or a tool that is going to get us through and across, because you are absolutely hundred percent right about the only way out is through. And I know we've heard that before in a billion different ways, but it's just so true. I have this visual imagery in my mind right now of the Isle of Avalon. Mm -hmm. and really being able to come through that fog and having these tools to help you get there, knowing that the journey is going to allow you to go further into this place, right? And so that was the first thing that came through as you were talking. And the other thing that's interesting is that, yeah, can we go back? We have to be very cemented into a state of awareness and presence and groundedness when we do our work, because sometimes we do default not just into the spiritual bypassing but a little bit into the addictive side of 
excusing, you know, in a way the things like I'm a firm believer that everything flows and ebbs just as much as the divine feminine flows and ebbs, you know, you're going to have times when you can wake up, do the thing, feel like a total badass and just feel like roaring, you know, like just roar at the world. And, uh, and then there are days where you're going to need to pause, man, and you're going to want to push. So you have to honor all of those spaces. However, continuously finding that what you are leaning into is, oh, later, right now I got to rest. Oh, I don't have the capacity for this right now. That is to me sort of like a big sign of, whoa, wait, pause, observe. This may actually be becoming a hindrance to you versus actually being a tool for healing. Mm. Oh, so much wisdom in what you just said. And I want to comment on that. I do want to talk more about astral projection, but <laughs> I want to comment on this because I think that for many of us, you know, we've experienced anxiety, overwhelm, this kind of chronic tiredness. And what I find come up quite a bit, especially around overwhelmed, if I'm ever overwhelmed, what's happening is that my mind is spinning with all I have to do, mm-hmm. but I'm physically not in the vehicle capable of doing all of that. So I'm not actually in my body and my mind is like, I can't do all of this. And my mind is making an accurate assessment. It's right. I can't. I'm not in my body. And I'm already thinking about 10 steps ahead. But what I can do, which makes it easier to come into my body, is think, I don't have to do all 10 things. One thing. Can I get in my body enough to accomplish the one thing? And when I've done that one thing, I can probably be in my body enough to do two things and three things and four things. And I begin to sink in deeper. And I have a practice every morning with this because I struggle with it. So I get up at 530. I'm one of those crazy people. (laughs) And I set my intentions for the day. And then I move into exercise. Mm -hmm. And I do about a little over an hour of exercise. And there are 10 steps I cycle through. And um, they're very difficult at times. And I every there's not been a morning. I've been doing this for over two years. There's not been a morning that I've woken up and thought I'm capable. Not one morning. Because I'm not. At 530, I'm not capable. Mm-hmm. but I'm capable of doing one thing and then the next and the next. And I sit and I process my overwhelm. And I do this every single day to remind myself that when I'm overwhelmed, what do I do? I feel anxious. I feel tired. I'm not, you know, it's not aligned for me today. It's not right. And there are days where things aren't aligned, mm-hmm. but if we're not in our body, we can't make that accurate assessment. And so being fully present, fully in our body, fully feeling ourselves, then we can say, you know what, this isn't aligned, I'm not going to do this. And that's beautiful. We want to honor our intuition. But many times we can use that excuse, that spiritual belief as a form of bypassing because we're quite frankly, overwhelmed or anxious. Mm -hmm. And we, of course, are overwhelmed and anxious because we have all these things to do, but we're not actually in the body to do them. So you're right. Your mind's accurately assessing you can't do this because you can't, you're not capable in that moment. But when, you know, even for me doing a five minute come into my body meditation and telling myself, I don't care if you do all 10 things, you're going to do just one thing. It's miraculous to me how often I finish all 10 things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Ah, I love it. Well, Mike, we've got a couple of minutes to go further with astral projection before we sign off. So finishing thoughts. Yes, lots. Okay. So for everybody, I know we did maybe have not yet gone as far as you want to. And I know we're going to be doing that in the Patreon bonus with a meditation. But right now, I want you to begin to think today, if you want to start to astral project, feeling your feet, really feeling your body, 
when you feel ready, start to send your hearing to the corner of the room. Just send your hearing. Do you hear anything over there? Close your eyes and imagine yourself in that corner of the room. Like imagine you're, you're walking from your body over to there and start feeling the wall. Remember, use your senses, sensitivities. What do you hear? See if you can increase the hearing as you imagine your consciousness walking over to that wall. So that it gets a little bit louder. You're feeling that wall. You're looking at that wall. You're smelling that wall. You're using all of those senses. You're turning around and looking back at your human form and seeing yourself outside of the body. As you're doing this, what you're doing is you're building your own confidence that I can go there. I can come back into my body. I feel my feet. I'm fully present. As your consciousness knows that it's safe to do that and your body feels safe. And you can, by the way, practice this, like sitting in line for the grocery store. I know during COVID, not many people may be doing that, but like, even if you're out for a walk, wherever you are, you can do this. You can, I get up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom and I feel my feet and I feel, I pull my consciousness back into my body. Cause I know that at night I do some lucid dreaming and I travel and I want to make sure, all right, come back in Mike. And that allows me to actually go even deeper when I fall back asleep. Um, so, you know, these times of meditation or, you know, visualization or sleep are oftentimes where people astral project. And reason being is we've created calmness around us. We've created safety around us and we've created a moment to focus our consciousness. Now we can focus it. And so I recommend everybody start with just sending it to one corner of the room and just working through that. Or, you know, being at a, you know, outside, maybe a restaurant when they open up again and listening to a conversation and sending just your hearing that way while your body is present, feel your feet and try sending part of your consciousness, but not the whole one. And then as you get more adept and more comfortable with this, that's when we can start traveling to Paris, right? That's when we can start saying, okay, now I want to go to this other dimension of realm. Now I want to go to another country. Now I want, and it's the same thing. We want to make the experience real. So when you're sending your consciousness, what do you see, taste, touch, hear, smell? Really bring that full consciousness to the table when you're projecting it out. And then when you come back into your body, feel your feet and notice what happened to your body. Many times when we astral project, we won't have conscious knowledge or awareness of what we've integrated, but our body will give us signs. Our body is picking up energy because we, it's our energy system that's being taught. So we don't need to intellectualize it. We may, may or may not be able to, I don't know, um, but we can go really far places. I mean, I have gone to, gosh, the plant realm. I've gone you know, through a journey, through an animal realm, into the plant realm, and I've gotten a lot of direct guidance from plants. Mm -hmm. I've gotten to ancestral realms. I've gone to different people's houses and spaces. I've communed with friends who are very psychic um, in different realms. I mean, there's a lot of places that we can go with this work. But to start, it's really as basic as being able to consciously focus our consciousness, sending it out just to the corner of the room, feeling everything, and then coming back in. And as we just keep practicing that, our Consciousness basically trusts us. We can trust it. We can go further and further. And we have that command or consciousness over it. So that I know if I'm talking to my mother-in-law, Mike, stay in your body. Or if I'm talking, you know, to a situation I'm really uncomfortable, I'll pop out for a moment and then pop back in when I'm ready and do the integration. But we're only ever leaving to come back and to integrate. And that's the important thing to remember. Super important. And you know what? I will just bring this up because I am a yogi and this just very much put me in that place. For some of us, I think it starts in Shavasana. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Well, Mike, 
Okay. Closing thoughts. I would love for you to two things. Number one, of course, tell us where the listeners can find you and connect with you and work with you. And then number two, what your take is or what your advice is on becoming empowered and uplifted. Mm, I love both of those. Okay. So if anyone's interested in mapping your own sensitivities and experiences to discover your purpose, we have a free 36 minute training with a worksheet, totally free. It's awesome at mikeimle.com slash map, M-A-P. You can just go check it out and it's free. So you'll be able to map those. And remind me, you said empowered and what was the other word? Uplifted. Uplifted, thank you. Uplifted and empowered. Mm, I just want to feel that my body for a moment. <sighs> yeah. And the question was, what do those mean to me? And the best way to become those things. And the best way to become those. You know, I think for me, it's really knowing my sensitivities. And I'll say this because um, for years, I wanted to have a morning routine, like I described, and mine's now three and a half hours. I'm really one of those crazy people. <laughs> and I just could not get it together, right? It never worked for me. My husband's doing my P90X and my nervous system is freaking out. <laughs> like I cannot handle that. That is just a lot of yelling at me at once. And I sat with and I said, oh my gosh, my words are free and aligned. I need an exercise that I do something somatically and then I pause and I feel my emotions and I see what was shaken up. I align with it and then I move on to the next. I need something that's slow and methodical and conscious and feels good. And I need to physically align my body and I need to, vulnerable is one of my words. So my gut needs to be involved. And so I started doing planks. I started doing these stretches and these wall exercises and it just felt so good to me. And it is a reminder every day that there's a consciousness, there's a sensitivity within me. And if I put myself in the places like this conversation, like my friendships, my relationships, the work that I do, the exercise I do, if I keep putting my body and my consciousness in those places, I will thrive. I will be empowered and uplifted. Magically, it will seem like. But if I keep putting myself in places that are contrary to who I really am, I will shrivel up and tell myself I'm not good enough and I can't do it. And I've done that for many years of my life. And so for me to be empowered and uplifted, I need to know who I am and put myself in the places that make me thrive. Wow. Yep. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much for joining us for today. And you and I are going to continue this chat on the Patreon for sure. But thank you again. Oh, thank you. Welcome back, beautiful listeners. I hope that you enjoyed that interview. I know I did. And I can't wait to hear all about your experience with that meditative process and if you've even thought about astral travel before or maybe you've been doing it for a while or maybe you've been shying away because you thought that it was, shall we call it, for the higher ups in terms of energetics and spirituality like many of us tend to think of it as. <laughs> wow, that was a lot to say in a little bit of like amount of time. <laughs> So I'm definitely really wanting to hear from all of you. As always, you can reach out to me, info at yoursoulfulgoddess.com or via Instagram at yoursoulfulgoddess. And that is it for the show today. Have a beautiful Monday. Get ready for next week when my guest and I will be talking all about grounding practices.